0: Thank you for listening to We on Fire podcast, episodes available on Breaker, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Spotify. On Fire Podcast. Available on Breaker, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Episode 3. We're gonna get into our NFL preseason look. Uh, we're gonna get into a deep conversation across the National Football League as far as our preseason look and rookie QBs. I have a special guest coming through, Steve, which is our NFL correspondent. We're gonna get into our NBA Summer League update. NFL preseason football. We got the teams reporting the camps. We got a three-game slate here in the preseason of the National Football League. You know, most fields of the preseason is not even worth playing due to the injury concerns. But it's nothing wrong with a little early football to at least get a look at the draftees and free agents and the guys trying to make a ball club. Um, this preseason, man, I'm actually kind of geared up for it because I want to take a look at the uh, QBs, especially uh, the rookie QBs. Uh, this weekend, we had the Colts versus the Panthers. We got a chance to take a look at uh, Jacob Eason, formerly out of University of Georgia, transferred to the uh, University of Washington, fourth-round pick. Uh, Jacob actually had a pretty good ball game. Um, there's going to be a battle between it him and Sam Ellinger, uh, formerly out of Texas. Um, both guys actually played pretty well in that ball game. Um, you know, we have the uh, situation with Carson Wentz uh, in Annapolis, Um, So uh, one of those two guys are are definitely going to be geared up to start until Wentz gets a chance to get back. Um, We also, too, on the other side with Carolina, I wanted to see a little bit of Sam Donald. We didn't get Sam Donald out there. He didn't play, actually, uh, in the game over the weekend. But it's going to be a lot of pressure on Sam to see what he does in Carolina this season. Uh, We also had the uh, Patriots versus the Washington football team. We got a chance to take the early, early look at uh, the Mac Jones and uh, Cam Newton situation. And uh, Mac, Mac made some good throws. Um, they had some pretty uh, good play calls as far as keeping things pretty safe for him. But he had a a, a good game. Uh, Cam was able to get into some action. And this is going to be the battle. Uh, the youngin versus you know the old trusty QB and Cam Newton. Uh, Cam Newton had an underwhelming season last season. Um, I think Mac's gonna get the job. I believe Mac is gonna get that job. We also had another look of a game that I was interested in. We had the uh, Steelers versus the Eagles. You have uh, Dwayne Haskins. You know he's had a litany of off the se- off the field uh, things going on for him. You know it was good to at least see this man back in a, uh, in, a in a uniform. Maybe he's able to uh, get past those things that's happened to him this off season. You know, he has a, a great leader in uh, Mike Tomlin and the Steelers organization. Um, so we'll see. You know, a lot of people feel Ben may not be able to make it through the season due to health reasons. So we'll see how uh Dwayne kind of processes things and see what he does uh, moving forward into the uh to the season. Uh on the other side we had Jalen Hurts. And uh Jalen, um to me it's a lot of pressure on him in Philadelphia. We'll see if he's the man for the job. You know, he's the obvious starter there. So We'll see with Jalen in uh, Philadelphia, and um, we had the debut of the uh, first round draft picks and Trevor Lawrence, uh, as well as Trey Lance and Justin Fields. Um, so we're gonna get into get into that into the QBs. I have my special guest coming through, uh, Steve, which is um, our Dolphins correspondent. Uh, he's definitely gonna provide some of my insight of his thoughts uh, here uh, in the early preseason look. So we on fire. How's it going uh my man? Good brother, how are you? How's it going with you? Doing great. I'm doing great. Um you know, we on Fire Podcast I want to dig a little bit into the early thoughts of the uh NFL season. And um what are your uh, early thoughts so far?
1: Ah, you know, just getting a glimpse of some of the rookie quarterbacks, man. Just, those guys are you know, highly touted. Uh you got a bunch of players uh in new teams. Uh you got you know, not just uh, rookie quarterbacks, but you got some rookie players, big time players that are expected to do things and contribute. So, uh, getting to see those guys, you know, I know it's only one preseason game, but getting to see those guys uh, do their thing early on, I think uh, is pretty exciting. So, uh, you know, I'm just looking forward to the season, man. I miss football.
0: <laughs> I oh, miss yeah. football. Oh, yeah. that, uh, everyone's had the Jones for football. Um, you know, nowadays the coverage is uh, year-round, but uh, definitely some live action. I think no one has a uh, has a problem with that. What are your thoughts on the uh, 17-game season this year? Uh, you know,
1: the first thing that comes to mind when you think 17 games is just a, another extra game that's going to add on to injuries. Uh, I, I think the NFL their hope is that you're going to have some games, some some. St- some standings that are going to come down to the to the wire. Uh, I think the worst thing that could happen for the league is if it comes down to, you know, uh, teams already clinching spots and then that 17 game is just a filler game uh, in, in between the playoffs. Uh, you know, injuries are always going to be a part of it. Uh, but, you know, th- it could come down to, you know, one extra game. You know, so... That's gonna be, that's gonna probably factor into the equation, but I think at the end of the day, you know, everybody, you know, is excited about the fact that you don't have to play an extra preseason game. Uh, fans don't really necessarily like it. Uh, the players definitely don't like it. So, if it's just throwing one more preseason game into the regular season lineup, you know, I guess it's good for the owners and it's good uh, in their pocketbooks. But uh, I'm anxious to see uh, towards the end of the season what it's gonna look like, also.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. I thought it was interesting as you uh, just mentioned about the uh, one less preseason game. You know, the uh, Cowboys and the Steelers obviously have to play the traditional four games, but right. one else plays uh, three games this season. I mean, I I, I believe that the uh, the preseason is good and give you an opportunity to a good look at uh, guys trying to make uh, make a ball club. You know, I think that from a fan perspective. I think fans look at it from a standpoint of, hey, we'll watch it on television. We're just not going to pay for to, to watch a preseason game. based right. yeah, uh, On the prices and everything. Um, So, yeah, I think overall, I think, to me, I don't have any issues with a seven-game, 17-game se- uh, season. Uh, it's definitely more football. And as you mentioned, it could come down to uh, some tight divisional races where that game may be a real game. It definitely huh. may be a real ball game. All right,
1: definitely. I mean,
0: I'm old enough to remember when, you know, uh the league
1: expanded to sixteen games. You know, and there was talk about that, uh, you know, when they went from fourteen to sixteen. So uh and then they've altered to and then they went to seventeen. I remember that. And people were talking about you know, how's that gonna look like? So you know, uh it, it's 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 different. It's gonna take some time to get used to, you know, from a fan nostalgic standpoint. Uh, but uh, I think at the end of the day, you know, five years from now, nobody's going to care.
0: <laughs> Nobody. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's just as a fan, it's just more, hey, man, more football, man. Right. Injuries are going to gonna happen. I mean, whether you have a 10-game season or a 17-game season, you're always going to have someone get hurt. Um, so it's always good to have a little bit more football if you can't. You had last season with the expansion of the uh, of the playoffs last year. Uh, was just kind of like a, to me, like a pre-look into this situation. Um, So I think overall, I think it's it's good for the league. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on this uh, situation out of New Orleans with Michael Thomas. Um, You know, Michael uh, suffered an ankle uh, injury last season. Um, You know, he missed a a great chunk of the uh, regular season last season. Uh, Came back uh, for the New Orleans Saints in the playoff game, but uh, he, he pretty much was half speed in that game you can tell that uh, the foot was hampering him what do you think about the situation with him electing to uh, have surgery more sooner than later and uh, Sean Payton is uh, very hot with him right now to say the least well
1: nobody knows what's going on behind the scenes there with uh, you know Mickey Loomis Sean Payton and Michael Thomas I think at the end of the day they want to move on from Michael Thomas uh they just can't right now because he's the only weapon
0: they got in the, in that receiving core. Uh, Definitely that big time uh, contract. I mean, would you imagine the dead money on that man making a deal right now with Michael Thomas?
1: Well, yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, if you bring back a first round pick, you can overlook that. You can, you can, you can, you can handle that. I mean, Julio Jones, uh, you know, brought back some good draft capital uh, for the Falcons. If Michael Thomas is on the trademark Trading block, he's going to bring you back a first round pick. So oh, I absolutely. think, that, yeah. So I think that right there will offset that, some of that uh, dead money. But I mean, he's a young guy, one of the talented, most talented receivers in the league. You don't, you want to make that relationship work as best as you possibly can. I just think uh, at this point, um, there's too much issues going on there. Um, I don't think he, I don't think he's he'll be on the team next year. Uh, that's just my opinion. Uh, just looking at the way things have de- deteriorated between the the organization and himself, I think um, at the end of the day, you know, you got guys like, like Sean Payton, you know, who, who's all about locker room, who's all about team. And it seems as though Michael Thomas isn't really about that. Uh, and I think at the end of the day, uh, they want to move on from him. They just can't right now. But they will, though, I think. Um, at some point next season, I think he'll be on a different team. Do you
0: do you think Sean Payton is safe in New Orleans? I oh, mean, yeah. at the end oh, of the day, I mean, how how long was that championship? You know, what's the still date on that championship? Do you you think know, ironically New enough,
1: Orleans? I've actually been uh in that uh in that facility in New Orleans. Uh got to meet Mickey Loomis. Uh they love Sean Payton. And they love Drew Brees, and they were willing to to let Drew Brees stay as long as he possibly wanted to. And I think they're do, they're doing the same thing with Sean Payton. They recognize that Sean Payton is one of the best uh, football minds in the game, a uh, Parcells disciple. I think they love Sean Payton, and I think they they need to get him the the weapons that he needs. I think he needs a quarterback. I think the uh, the most important part of 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 Sean Payton's. Uh, uh, next tenure or next round with uh, the Saints post degrees is going to be his which quarterback he gets under center is it going to be Jameis Winston or, or or Taysom Hill I think that's going to make a, a big difference if he's able to get one of those guys to play at a high caliber uh, I think uh, you know they will be a playoff team and in that division I think they can win that division for sure but yeah, uh, yeah,
0: I think that's probably the, the sec, second worst division in football right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so what do you, you know, we had the, uh, the debut of Hard Knocks uh, last week with the, uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, what do you think about the situation in Dallas with uh, Dak Prescott? I'm not sure if he had an opportunity to take a look at Hard Knocks, but, you know, what was obviously reported is he had an issue uh, with his throwing shoulder. What do you think about that situation down uh, down in Dallas? Well, yeah, I'm I'm a Hard Knocks fan. Man. I know a lot of people are. not really, I've
1: seen all of them. <laughs> so, you know, I'm I I, I that's my f- first taste of football. I mean, it's it's the Hall of Fame game, and then it's Hard Knocks. You know, you go you go a whole off season starting for football. Once Hard Knocks is on, you know things are real. Uh, you know, the shoulder is is reason for concern. Uh, I think at the end uh, When you Okay, the ankle, you you know there's going to be some issues You know he's going to have some trouble You know there's going to be some rehab There's going to be some soreness There's going to be some of that That's fine, but when you're talking about a quarterback And shoulder issues Those things don't get better throughout an NFL season You're talking about 17 weeks Uh, If he's not ready to go By the start of the season That's going to be tough for the Cowboys it's going to be tough for them to overcome it's a little bit of here we go again uh and then as the season um develops is this thing going to be lingering you know you get a couple of hits on that shoulder you get Dak on the ground a little bit you know is it going to hold up uh that's going to be my concern uh I think uh you know you're getting two MRIs you're not doing that just because, you know, for, for kicks and giggles. You're doing that because there might be some issues there. Uh, and,
0: so that, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: And I think uh and I think the Cowboys are worried and concerned. And there's nothing behind that. There's nothing behind that. So uh, I, I'm concerned.
0: Yeah. Well it's just like I said in in, in, in the uh the piece on our last episode is that if uh yeah, if Dak Prescott is uh, compromised, um uh, it, it's obvious it's a done deal in Dallas. I mean, they're in a situation, as you mentioned, is that they have no one behind them. I mean, hey, people in Chicago, hey, you know, you can definitely get, uh, you know, get Andy Dalton back. You know, we'll throw <laughs> this as well and pay for the posters, um, you know, if they definitely want to give uh, my Chicago Bears call, uh, on that. I don't think
1: Andy's going back, but I and I don't think the Bears
0: are getting rid of Andy.
1: I think Andy's going to play a good good amount of those games. Uh, I think uh, the fans might not want Andy to play, but Andy's going to do enough to win you ballgames. I don't think Andy's that bad of a quarterback. The he is, you know, is everybody else around him going to hold up? Is that offensive line in Chicago going to hold up and help him out? Um, but I think he gives you the best chance to win in Chicago right now. You don't want to go into the season with a rookie quarterback because A, too many people's jobs are on the line, and B, he's a rookie quarterback. They don't win Super Bowls in, in year one. They just don't. Uh, yeah. And yeah. if you're lucky to get them in the playoffs,
0: to do so absolutely.
1: Right. So if you're, you're, and and this is a team that got playoff aspirations. They want to go deep. Uh, I think if you, if you, if you, if you throw in a rookie quarterback in there, you're pretty much throwing up the red flag, and you're building on for next year. I don't think they're ready yeah. to do that.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts as well on the rookie QBs. And we obviously can start uh, in Chicago with uh, Justin Fields uh, drafted 11 overall. It's a bit traded up to get him. Um, You know, me, you know, I I look at it like this. Is that you you were correct as far as uh, Matt Nagy's jobs on the line. Um, You know, there's a, you know, the GM's jobs on the line. And I actually think I think that they are actually more compelled to put Fields in there. It feels uh, looks like he's ready. I mean, if you think about this for a second, if you go back to the situation in Seattle with Russell Wilson when he got up there, um, you know, you had a guy in Matt Flynn who pretty much robbed the NFL blind. You know, Russell <laughs> came in and, and simply beat the man out in camp. You know, they had a, a stellar defense at the time, and um, you know, Seattle, you know, they were quick to look at the situation and say, "Hey, this guy's just a better football player." So you don't think that that would be a possibility in Chicago? Well, when you look at Andy Dalton, Matt
1: Flynn, I think Andy Dalton's a better quarterback. But uh, that situation didn't have the pressure. I mean, Pete Carroll wasn't under the pressure that Matt Nagy is is right now. So he could gamble on a rookie quarterback and say, "Hey, look, we got something for the future right here." Even though you know we we, we missed it on on Matt Flynn, but you know we we got a rookie quarterback that's going to take us. That's gonna take his place. Uh, I think the Bears right now they need Andy Dalton to come out and come out hot. If Andy Dalton say goes two and four, two and five, and they're struggling, yeah, you're gonna put, you're gonna, you're gonna look to the young quarterback see if he could give you a spark. But at that point, I think the damage is done. Um, I don't think you're gonna catch Green Bay if you're if you if you start off two and five, or you start off you know zero and two, zero and three. I think you're gonna. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I would, I would totally agree with that. I think with me, I think it's a situation where it's three ball games. You know, he has three ball games. Right. That, you know, if he goes out and you know uh, does his job and the Bears win ball games, yeah, I think that they're more inclined to you know allow him to continue to play with a look on the standings and an opportunity to get into the playoffs. But if he co- he comes out and you know he pretty much tanks. The first two or three ball games, I think he's up out of there. Um, there's another situation that kind of piques my interest. In, uh, somewhat of a similar situation out in San Francisco. Uh, they took Trey Lance third overall uh, for North Dakota State. Uh, this guy's played pretty much with one ball game in about two years. You have Garoppolo out there. What do you think about the situation in San Francisco with uh, Kyle Shanahan? Similar situation. I, I mean,
1: obviously, Kyle's not on a hot seat, but. I think uh, Jimmy G right now gives you the best chance to win. You you got a team that has Super Bowl aspirations. Uh, they came within really one overthrown pass of winning the Super Bowl. And I think uh, they know that their best chance right now is with Jimmy G.
0: We on Fire podcast presents our sports book Outlook, our weekly rundown on betting across the sporting landscape. So get your bread up. Scared money don't make no money. Where them dollars at? And please remember to gamble responsibly. Don't lose the form of your shirt out here trying to double up and lose your last. We would chop it up providing some game on who might cover or not cover these spreads out here, fam. So sit back. We on Fire podcast. Show coming soon on We On Fire podcast. We're getting into the discussion about the NFL with these uh, camps coming back in, uh, with the uh, preseason uh, starting. I uh, had uh, the first look at the preseason action. Uh, how do you feel about the situation down in Jacksonville? You have uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, picked first overall by the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, out of Clemson. Uh, how do you feel about the situation down there with uh, him and uh, Urban Meyer? Uh, I think it's a match made
1: in heaven. I think Urban's going to be the perfect the perfect guy to get the most out of him uh, pretty early on. I think he's probably under more... I mean, Trevor Lawrence that is he's probably under the most uh, under the most amount of scrutiny and pressure out of all the quarterbacks that are drafted because he went number one uh you're talking about a guy that's been compared to Andrew Luck, John Elway uh can't the the terms can't miss
0: are being applied to him uh yeah, absolutely. I mean, people are saying the best uh, draft prospect uh, since Andrew Luck. I mean, how do you feel? How did you feel about uh, Trevor down at Clemson and, and what you saw from him at Clemson? Oh well, the, you know
1: me, not. You know, I'm one of the biggest University of Miami fans, and I've seen Clemson just basically put a put a button wh- whooping on 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 my canes. But when I watched those games, I didn't get the feeling that it was just Trevor Lawrence just picking them apart. I thought it was a lot of scheme, and I thought it was a lot of talented first-round NFL talent surrounding him. And when when you look at the quarterbacks that you you know the the, the can't miss guys like DeAndre Lux and the John Elway, those guys weren't just surrounded by first-round talent. Those guys were. They stuck out and they popped, and you saw their skill set, and they made everybody else better. But I never got that sense from Trevor. I thought he was a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong, and I think he's going to be a good pro. But when you when you start throwing out those Hall of Fame potentials, and you're talking about you know one of the greats, I don't think he's a can't miss possibly. I think there's a lot of room for growth with Trevor. Physically, he's he, he, he's a machine. I mean, he's athletic, got a great arm. But there's a lot of the cerebral part of the game. I think he's going to have to really step up uh, uh, his game and pick up, you know, as a rookie to really get the most out of his talent. Uh, He's going to have to do a lot more processing. The game's going to be way quicker and he's not going to have the best players, you know, the the the, the uh, five star guys the, that he had at Clemson. He's 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 not he's not walking into an arena or, or stadium. They're not
0: on scholarship down in Jackson.
1: <laughs> They're not, and he's not walking in there with the best team every week. Uh, he's he's gonna have to do some things to to, to raise the level of of a play around around him. He's gonna have to make some folks better. He has talent too. And that's the thing. He has two very good running backs. He has uh, a couple of really good receivers. Names like
0: Noel Robinson. I mean, yep,
1: Yeah, oh. yep. Travis Antion. They drafted in the first round. Uh, He's a stud. Uh, you know, his his backfield made out of Clemson. Uh, I think uh, I think he has some talent down there. And there's going to be a little bit of pressure for him to at least. Not not go out and dominate and, and wink, but at least to put up some numbers, even if it's in garbage time, to where people could say like, okay, I see where where, where the talent's at, and I see that he has that potential.
0: Hmm. You mentioned uh, your Miami Hurricanes earlier. What do you think about your Dolphins this season? You know, you got a uh, you know a big time year for Tua. Um, you guys had a bevy of uh, draft picks. Uh, you drafted uh, Water in the first round from out of Alabama. Uh, stood wide receiver down there in Tuscaloosa. Uh, How do you feel about your Dolphins this season and tour?
1: Well, I I know last year everybody was like, you know, disappointed into, uh, I mean, you gotta see, you you gotta realize the guy was coming off a pretty big injury, a hip injury. And he came in, no preseason. Um, a Shortened preseason. He's now going into with, with his second offensive coordinator, uh, and so you know there there was some there was some question marks, and 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 those were completely valid. But you know. This is the year that you're going to see what Tua can, what Tua can really bring, and I think last year he gave you a taste of his accuracy and he showed you that he could get the ball where it needed to. He was reluctant to go deep with the with some of his pass. but I think a lot of that was just lack of deep threats in that in that receiving core, and I think a lot of that too was just the scheme. The Dolphins were a little bit more methodical. Uh, uh, when it came to going downfield, they didn't have a home run offense. They didn't have much of a home run threat on the outside. They lost uh, Preston Wilson pretty early on, um, and you know, you know the receiving core was decimated by injury. Uh, guys were coming in and out of the lineup throughout the year. So really, that wasn't the best scenario to, to, to gauge Tua and what he could what he could bring to the table. I think this year is big for him. But I'll say this. If Tua comes out slow and the Dolphins are two and three, they'll be making phone calls to Houston uh, and and asking about Deshaun Watson. And I don't think, uh, you know, their front office is going to ride it out with all the draft capital that they've invested into this team. And. Uh, you know they, they want to win they want to win this yeah. year i think uh you know if it if it's things start off slow and and the fans start turning uh there's going to be some cold calls made down
0: yeah, I believe that as well. I think that uh, you know, obviously, you guys have a new regime, uh, general manager uh, down in Miami. You know, it's not Jeff Island. so we we'll are definitely uh, <laughs> I don't believe that it would be say as patient in, in this situation. Worst GM in Dolphin history for sure. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, we definitely appreciate uh, appreciate you co- joining us here on we on fire podcast here today uh, we definitely appreciate uh say your insights uh, we're absolutely uh, looking forward to uh to uh, getting back with you on our nfl preview show uh give us an opportunity to preview uh the nfl season uh, kind of get your thoughts on uh just how this uh super bowl will play out this season teams um, you're kind of looking at for the come up so
1: we okay. def-
0: appreciate uh appreciate uh you coming through here today and uh we on fire podcast. Thanks,
1: Nod. I appreciate you having me. Uh, look forward to a fun NFL season. Uh,
0: Anytime you need me to come back on, I'll be more than happy. Uh, No problem at all. We'll appreciate it. You take care now. All right. You have a good one, man. Yeah, man. The Bulls owe owe me a check, though they owe you a check for calling it out yeah they owe me a check man you know what i'm saying like straight up man like you know but you know me and the gm we got the same initials he ak2 so okay okay you know what i'm saying he's ak2 so i guess who we, is who is the damn gm yeah a tourist uh a tourist condition wow no. Yeah, he used to be give you a background uh, tourist. he Used to hoop. He, I think, I think a 6'9", six nine, six nine, sixteen. Played that scene Hall on the uh, P.J. Carlissimo back in the um, early '90s with Terry DeHair and all of them. They was at Seton yeah, Hall. Yeah, Terry DeHair. Yeah. So you know, what I mean, he could actually hoop. He was nice. You know, he's from overseas. You know, what I mean, but he came, you know, over to United States with the to play for Seton Hall. So yeah, they matter of fact, I watched them. They played against uh UNLV, fam, in 91 in the regional final, the game before UNLV lost to Duke on that BS. Right. Yeah, that was their last victory as a team. That team was against the Seton Hall team. But yeah, you know he used to be the uh the uh the uh it's, I think basically like the assistant GM of the Denver Nuggets fam. He helped uh draft Nikolai Jokic right all right, he saw it, the open. That was for that was one of his moves. G, you know real talk. You see how that went? You know yeah, yeah. Um, you know what I mean. So, but I knew you know, when I saw the market, fam. I knew already. I was like, look, you know, the Rose is a perfect guy for a team. You got a team that you're trying to transition into the play a playoff situation. You know what I mean? He probably, in my opinion, he was the top free agent as far as hey, if you're a young team, y'all trying to make the playoffs, y'all trying to kind of get over the hump a little bit. You add this dude, you might make the playoffs depending on your roster. You know what I'm saying? Because he's gonna be there for you as far as availability. And then you can pencil him in for a dub. hmm You know what I'm saying? So, you know, when I saw that, I was like, yeah, I was like, probably well, boys out here on that aggressive. You should be in. Boy was alright. Yeah, yeah, they, man, we got a little whip. That little lineup looking pretty good. Yeah, sweet as hell now, fam. Sweet as hell. Lazo man. Zach and Meroza. Yeah, you got who gon' play? They probably. Do you think well, uh, rookie stay in there, Williams at the four? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Patrick Williams. Yeah. Yeah, they
1: gonna play him
0: at the four? Well, they can. I think one thing that you saw from him last season, fam. The most thing I was impressed with Patrick Williams dog was his defense. Like this mm-hmm. guy was able to guard multiple positions. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. That's what I'm saying. Guarding the
1: yeah, that's what I was saying. That's what make it good. That's what make him. He able to be able to play in that, that position, In different
0: positions. Play multiple positions defensively, and his offense is getting better. He can't score, you know what I'm saying? Like, his offense, you know, you know how the NBA go, dog. He really got to consider a consistent point guard. You know, so he kind of need that a little bit, you know what I'm saying? So, I thought part right. of struggles was with, we just didn't have what you call, like, a facilitator, such as Alonzo Ball. Guy that's right. out trying to make plays for people, so, yeah,
1: yeah, that's perfect.
0: So, yeah, so you know, I was excited about the Lonzo thing, but I was waiting on this move, you know. What I mean, I'm like, who's the smart? They'll make this move, they make this move, oh, yeah, now it's, it's for real, for real, right? So, what are we gonna do with marketing? Yeah, that's gonna be an interesting situation because, um. Shit, they there's it, either gonna be two options fam. Either they let him walk like they're gonna let him straight walk because i was surprised that san antonio didn't want him in the di- like that's interesting to me that's the reason i mentioned him last night because i thought mm-hmm. that the spurs he would probably be our most intriguing player if you assign a trade you obviously got to get the team something else back so i thought he would be probably priority one for them to get back but then when i saw he won in the deal I was like, was it San Antonio declining? Was the Bulls, you know, because what they gave up? Right,
1: like, you know, we gave up
0: the Chief and all uh, your boy. And, uh, the Yeah, and, uh, and, uh, like uh, I mean, Thad. You know, but I knew Thad was out of there. I knew he was going to be shipped in a sign and trade deal. Like, I already right. seen that coming. You know what I'm saying? Like I knew oh, he oh, wasn't going to be back. We get the Rosen for Thad? <laughs> Come on, God. I mean, Thad can hoop, though. Anybody mm-hmm. hoop, you know what I mean like I like right, that I like my ball. man. That's why I like Speaking that. Up, That's man. why I'm, I'm saying it. I take the Rosen. and I'll take the Rosen for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's all it was was like, look, you know what I mean? We gotta kinda give up something to get something. So yeah, I love the moves that AK made, man. He made moves, aggressive moves. Like, okay, we can you know pick up a ball here and you know this, but we need a guy here to make an all-star team. So think about it, fam. You got three guys on your roster that made an all-star team now. Mm-hmm. The Rose and Levine and Vucevic. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you go for so, that. Had a guy make an All Star team. You know, I me mean? talking about in, in Levine who made who just made his first one. You know what yeah. What I'm saying? Dude, now you got three All Stars, dude, in, in 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 about a four month span, my dude. Mhm. That's a good job. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean. So that's why I feel, Ak. Hey, I was a little mystified about the Caruso move. But the thing about it was, to me, it was all everything was dependent on DeRozan. Like, if you got DeRozan, then all those other moves make perfect sense. Right.
1: They're I mean, I perfect. like Caruso because Caruso is scrappy, man. Yeah. I mean, exactly. the reason why I didn't like him because he was on the Lakers. You know, that's the reason. I'm like, this dude always making plays, but he dang on Lakers. He's scrappy. He real little. scrappy as a backup. Now, to, now, like you were saying, I feel you when they when they originally did it. And we looking at him being our starter or something.
0: Like, nah. But yep. as a backup, I like him as a backup. Oh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? And too, you know, look at the depth now. Shit, dude, you got the mm-hmm. depth. Like, as far as, a, you know what I mean? Like you got Kobe White who's 6'5. Levine. Right. That about Kobe. Yeah, you got the Rosen who's six foot six, six, seven in that range. You know what I mean? So now mm-hmm. you got guys who are perimeter guys who are virtual. Thank you for listening to We on Fire podcast. Episodes available on Breaker, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Spotify.